1: Welcome into College Football Live. I'm Matt Schick, playing the role of the quarterback today. I got a loaded front seven in front of me. I got Dusty Dvorak up front. I got Takiyo's spikes in the second level. This is why God created the check down, fellas. Uh, We are nine days (laughs) away from the start of the college football season. Let's hit you up with some nine things you need to know. We begin with three things about conference realignment. In the Big 12, four new additions BYU, UCF, Cincy, Houston, plus the league adding a quartet of Pac 12 schools for 2024 in Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. The Big 12's aggressive expansion fueled by the departures of Texas and Oklahoma, set to join the SEC next year after shelling out a combined $100 million exit fee because it just means more. It just means less for the Pac 12. The conference down to four after this season with UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington. Set to join the Big Ten next summer. The Pac 12 has existed since 1915, but certainly the future is in jeopardy. But it could be, they could be going out with a bittersweet bang here, Dusty. We'll start with you. They got five teams in the preseason, top 20 of that AP poll. That's most in league history. Is the regular season hype going to live up to it?
2: I think it's going to. I mean, I think that you've got five excellent football teams coming back this next season. It really starts with the quarterback play for the top four. When you look at Caleb Williams coming back, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Cam Rising, who's won the last two Pac-12 championship, they are absolutely loaded. And I'm buying this hype. Here's the problem. They all play each other. I'm worrying about them cannibalizing themselves and beating each other up. And don't forget about those angry Beavers. Oregon State, not part of the eight leaving. They're part of the four still trying to find a home. And Jonathan Smith has a squad. They won 10 games a year ago. Damian Martinez is an outstanding running back. And I think that you better watch out because they may jump up and get somebody just like they did Oregon a season ago. When you look at those top five, to think somebody is going to make it through unscathed or with only one loss, it's a tough hill to climb. But I'm buying the hype. This league is loaded. Most amount of teams in the top 20 tied for the most ever in the Pac-12 going back to 1950. They're for real. But to Keo, I just don't know if anybody's going to survive and actually make it to the college football playoff.
0: Yeah, definitely a good point. And I want to say this, though, Dusty. I'm I'm lightweight not buying the hype, but I think it truly is justified when you have five teams within the top 18 when it comes to the top 25 ranked teams in the nation. Look, when you take a look at USC's schedule, I look at it and I say, you know what, I'm going to follow Caleb. I believe in what he does. He won the Heisman last year and he has that leadership ability to get them back. But the fault is... They play Notre Dame and Utah in back-to-back games. And then you also look at the Oregon and Washington, after they go and play that, they play those in back-to-back games. Those are going to be two tough games. So to your point, Dusty, listen, this conference reminds me of the SEC back in 2001 when Tennessee won the East with the best record. LSU, they won the West, but they had three losses. And when when you turn around and look at the SEC championship game, LSU beats Tennessee. So this is the same type of competition that I see in the Pac-12. You
1: know, it's 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 a great point that you guys are both making because the league could be too good for its own good, right? Like. Alabama made it because they were really good. The gap between Alabama and the rest of the SEC was sizable. Same with Oklahoma and the Big 12. Same with Clemson and the ACC, Dusty. They're just so jam-packed that it's hard to see them going out without fewer than two losses.
2: And the thing is, those big four, those top four, those quarterbacks that we're all talking about, they all play each other's shit, and they play yeah. each other over about a six-week span. So if somebody can survive in advance with one or zero losses – We will salute them, we will applaud them, and it will be a great way for the Pac-12 to go out with a college football playoff bang.
1: Well, the Pac-12 hasn't made it since 2016. That was Washington. In fact, the two appearances, Oregon and Washington, they're off to the Big Ten coming up next season. Uh, Colorado leaving the Pac-12. They're off to the Big 12 next season. This week in Boulder, there was a a big skirmish at practice or perhaps not big enough. Some pleasantries exchanged, some pushing, some shoving. Head coach Deion Sanders took issue not with who was involved in the fight, but with who wasn't. I seen two of y'all walking off over there. And you gotta
2: keep teammate fighting. What they do No there? Nowhere.
0: Nowhere. Not what here.
2: What they do that there? Not Nowhere. here. In one fight we all fight. You understand that? I don't want to see y'all walking off when somebody's fighting. Yes, sir. Never again!
1: All right, I, I do – I think I got the right guys here for the story time in just a moment about your best practice fights. We will get to that in a moment. But, Takiyo, just initially your reaction to
0: Coach Prime's response there. I love it, Shik. I love it. This is the reason why. He's creating a family culture. Let me remind everybody. Colorado only won one game last year, right? So, if you see one of your teammates fighting and he's trying to create that family culture – His deal is, if it's a guy on the offensive side, I expect for all 10 other offensive players to go over there and protect your brother. If it's on the defensive side, I expect the other 10 to go protect your brother. And that's the family affair. Now, how this plays into the season is this. When you get ready to go out onto the field and you play other opposing teams, if one of your teammates gets into a fight, the entire team or the 10 on the field needs to come to the rescue. That's the family culture that he's trying to create, and I applaud him for that. I
2: love it. It's called the team. It's about having your teammates back at all costs, and if somebody wants to run up on your teammate, you better be ready to go to blows, and I love this. Like, anyone that thinks Dion is promoting fighting, no, 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 he is promoting building a team. Everybody in this thing together, and that's what it takes. Everyone on the same page. And having that mindset, that mentality, that we're going to go out and we're going to go fight together as one. And if anyone challenges us, boy, you got to deal with all of us. It's not always that you want to see the dog in the fight, but you want to see that fight in the dog. And that's exactly yes. what Deion Sanders is trying to build in Colorado. Love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Get, get, get in there. Mix it up. Just don't get any flags and don't get suspended, okay? There is that fine line. Uh, all right, Takeo, give me your, your eye gouging, your helmet grabbing, your, your best practice scrum story.
0: My best practice story came my rookie year in Cincinnati, and I knew the linemen. Offensive linemen are just dirty. This dude was a prick. So I went up against him. It wasn't even a bad play. He kept pushing me, like turning my helmet, and it took me a second to realize – fool, he's trying to kill you right now. And so we got into a fight, boom, it broke. So it wasn't until after I watched the tape and I saw one of his compadres come over to help out. So the next day in 9.07, I knew the play and I knew the same guy who came and hit me in the side of the head, he pulled. Dusty, I came downhill full speed, ear-hold him, knocked him on the ground, and I told him, if you ever do me like that again, I'm going to take this fight to the parking lot because nobody will be there to stop it.
2: I love it, and I expect nothing less from you, Takeo. Now, I'm going to give you one
0: for me was kind
2: of a funny teaching moment. I was playing for the Bears, and we got into a little scrum, and I was out. And the offensive and defensive linemen, like Takeo said, those old linemen, they're so cheap, Chick. They are so cheap, and they're always trying to get over on somebody. A fight breaks out, and I just sprint in. I didn't have my helmet on. So, when we watched the film, Lovey Smith called me out, and he's like, fighting 101 in camp, always wear your helmet. I got the red dot, and I got reminded, you, you got to enter the fight, but if you're going in there, you better go on with a bonnet on your head because that was a big mistake made by me.
0: Right, and
1: don't hit someone who's wearing a helmet. Don't hit them not in not the face. Not close fist. Not yeah, close yeah. fist. No. No. We don't, don't want to. They, they do offer some protection. Good good stories, guys. Uh coming up, next, you know, these guys they're all getting sick and tired of facing each other. Eventually they're gonna face players wearing different jerseys. Our next list of three: the must-see games in the first month of the college football season. Again, just nine days remain until Toe meets leather. Bunch of hardware once again on the line this year. What's more likely? The three-peat or the repeat? That answer coming up.
0: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a AM member fdsc
1: again the college football season kicking off saturday august 26th the annual MiAC swag challenge kickoff game south carolina state squaring off against jackson state center park stadium in atlanta celebration of hbcus begins 7:30 eastern on abc for the first time and the ESPN app again nine days away from that time for our next grouping of three how about the three must watch games during the first month of the upcoming season starting in week four with Ohio State and Notre Dame the first meeting between these teams in South Bend since 1996 the Buckeyes have won each of the past five meetings against the Irish including last year in Columbus week two Bama and Texas linking up for the second straight year this time in Tuscaloosa. The Longhorns' first trip to Tuscaloosa since 1902. Alabama was able to squeak it out in Austin last year. And right off the bat, we've got a top-ten matchup between LSU and Florida State in Orlando. September 3rd, Sunday night showdown, ABC. It'll be the first AP-ranked matchup between these squads since 1983. And let's stick right there and let's flashback, shall we? September 4th. Last year, FSU, LSU, Mark Norvell and company tried to get off to a good start. And would they ever? Eight minutes into the game, though, Mason Smith jumps up, lands on his left knee, hobbling before he falls down. One of the best players on the field is off the field and out for the year. Season-ending torn left ACL. He's back this time around, though. Two minutes into the second quarter. Trickeration. Jordan Travis. John Terry at Wilson. Florida State up 7-3. One second left in the game. LSU down 7. Jaden Daniels, Dre Jenkins, touchdown. LSU only down one. All you got to do is kick the PAT. Jared-verse, second-verse, same as the first. FSU wins it 24-23. Can't wait for this. one, Matchick, Magic, Dusty Dvorak, taquio Spikes. Uh, Dusty, start with you. We know these games are all important. You only play 12, but which one of these two teams needs that one the most.
2: Well, first of all, let's just celebrate. This is what's so great about college football. These matchups, these brands, these big-time players. I mean, we got two guys in the top four odds to win the Heisman between Harold Perkins, Jared Verse, Mason Smith, some of the best defensive players in all of college football. This is going to be incredible. And both of these guys last year really stepped up. You know, my question for Jaden Daniels, can he become an even better passer? Ran a lot last year. And Jordan Travis, I thought he just catapulted himself last season with the confidence he had by the end of the year. But who needs it more to answer your question? I think it's Florida State. I think when you look at the straight to schedule of Florida State, the remaining games, their next best opponents, Clemson, at the end of September, they're not going to have the opportunities to overcome a loss. And definitely, it would be extremely difficult for two losses. So, I think more important for Florida State, they come with all this momentum, so much to the end of the season, 10 wins for Mike Norvell. I think they need to get off to a hot start. And they just don't have, you know, the rest of the remaining schedule to have many lapses. I'll say this, though, to Keo, I believe either of these teams that lose still have an opportunity, but the margin for error is essentially
0: gone. I think, Dusty, to your point, I think LSU needs this game more, but I think Florida State its a must-win. The reason why LSU needs this game more, they need it for the confidence of Jaden Daniels. Look, his teammate said he is more assertive. He's walking around with a little swag, more confidence. What other better way – to get your quarterback started in the right position than to come out with the opening win against a big Florida State team. Also, he needs to learn how to, to anticipate better and throw guys open. That's something he did towards the end of last year. The reason why Florida State, I say this is a must-win game, because they're playing against, when you look at their schedule, they're playing against two top ten teams only on their schedule. So what does that mean is, the first one is LSU ranked number five coming into this season. If they can come out with a win against LSU, it will set them up to go into Clemson and with a possible win. And now they have championship aspirations from two wins against two top 10 teams.
1: Speaking of top 10, this is the fifth week one matchup hitting two top 10 teams together since the playoff started. Three of the previous four went on to make the playoff, two of those teams went on to win the national championship by names of Georgia and Alabama. All right, we've hit on some of the games that will impact the playoff. How about the players? Look at ESPN.com's preseason top ten players across the sport. Caleb Williams headlines the group. No shortage of QB talent here and some offensive studs like Brock Bowers, Marvin Harrison Jr. Again, nine days out from the start of the season. We're giving you nine guys who can impact the playoff race. Doesn't mean they're going to make the playoff, but they're going to have something to say about who's in. Takiyo, kick us off. Give us a guy.
0: Well, let's start with Jaden Daniels. And the reason why I say that, we just talked about him. and, And some of his teammates are raving about his progress and his maturation in the second year of the program. With knowing that if he can continue to get better and throw the football down the field more and take chances, this team is going to be very hard to beat. No question. I'm
2: going to go with Sam Hartman to Notre Dame. Look, they have USC, they got Ohio State, and they got Clemson. They can play spoiler, and who knows? If they get hot, maybe they make a run. But this is one of the biggest transfer portal additions in all of college football. 110 touchdown passes. Sam Hartman is have a lot to say about who makes the college football playoff.
1: Dusty, I'm going quarterback, to Drew Aller. And look, this roster checks the boxes. It's a complete team. They finally checked the box for a blue-chip quarterback. And I know this, he's going back to his home state to take on Ohio State. He's got a home game against Michigan. Drew Aller could have a lot to say about who's in this college football playoff, kill
0: Yeah, and let's go up to Ohio State. You got to go with Marvin Harrison, Jr. Even though he did not win the Belitnikoff last year, They should go ahead and give it to him early this year. He's coming back with the vengeance 14 reception touchdowns last year. When you look at him his game reminds me of his father. But he's more polished as a college athlete. He looks like a pro already.
2: He's incredible. I'm going to go to Tuscaloosa. Will Anderson's gone. I thought he's the best player in America the last two years. And this offense has some question marks. New coordinator questions a quarterback. The defense needs to be a vintage. Alabama defense I think Dallas Turner has the chance to be one of the most explosive defensive edge players in all of college football and clearly Matt has the chance to affect the CFP
1: I'm sticking in the SEC here only Herschel Walker rushed for more yards in a freshman season in SEC history than Quinshaw Junkins you mentioned schedules they're taking on Alabama taking on LSU taking on Georgia top 10 of the FBS rushing yards and missed tackles as well. It could force the team to miss the playoffs, Takeo.
0: Yeah, let's stay in the SEC with Michael Williams. Outstanding freshman season last year. Tied all freshmen with the sacks. But the thing that impresses me about this game, they can play him on the outside. He's very long. You can put him as a five technique, four technique, allow him to rush over the guard and take advantage of mismatches. Let's talk about the best
2: non-quarterback offensive player in the country, Brock Bowers. This dude just makes plays, catching the ball, doing reverses, you name it. He's been incredible. He'll need to be even better this year working a new quarterback. And Matt Chick, what's a quarterback's best friend? That's right, a tight end like Brock Bowers.
1: Yeah, his best friend's not a defensive lineman on the other side. You know who pressured the quarterback more than anyone in the FBS last year? No, it wasn't Will Anderson. It was Braylon Trice. He also had 10 sacks for Washington. He says this year he's getting 20. And if enough of those are against those other Pac-12 competitors, can have a lot to say about who from the Pac-12, if any, gets into the college football playoff. Good list of nine guys, guys to watch this year. For college football. Up next, our final group of three, the biggest storylines of the season. What are the odds that we see a three-peater or a repeater? We'll discuss. football live three biggest storylines entering the season start with the back-to-back national champ georgia bulldogs plus 230 favorite to win the natty the last team to win three straight national titles minnesota nearly 90 years ago it's been nearly 50 years since we had our only two-time heisman winner caleb williams who led the nation with 42 touchdown passes will try to accomplish the same feat that only archie griffin has accomplished who won it in back-to-back seasons. And we have 11 Power 5 schools with new head coaches. Coach Prime at Colorado, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Matt Rule takes over in Nebraska. Hugh Freeze now heading up Auburn just to name a few. Magic, Takiyo, Spike, Dusty, and Borchek. Let's get back to the accolades here. Got a chance at a three-peat for the national championship. Georgia got a chance at a repeat here for the Heisman. Takiyo, what's more likely?
0: I got to go with the, the Georgia Bulldogs. And the reason why I say this is because um, I remember at media day last year talking with Kirby Smart, and I asked him, how are you able to replace the production of losing five first-round picks on the defensive side in the draft? And he simply said, we're just going to reload. And they reloaded by having this year the second second in the nation with the recruiting class. And – this is the seventh, the third time, I'm sorry, the seventh time that they've had a top three recruiting class in the nation. I also look at the additions of transfer, transfer guys with Ra-Ra Thomas, Dominique Lovett, wide receivers. So when I see that, they are going to be very hard to beat. They're going to be tough
2: to beat, no question. The schedule sets up. But is it possible Stetson Bennett's better than we thought? Is it possible Todd Munkin, who coordinated the last two national championship, going to make an impact? Let's not forget... Two years ago, Alabama beat them in the SEC championship until Jamison Williamson went down and looked like they may win again. Last year, Missouri, Ohio State in the playoff. I know they smoked TCU, but they're not that much better. New quarterback, new coordinator. How much of an impact will that have? And by the way, Caleb Williams is an absolute superstar. Without question, the best quarterback in college football. And Lincoln Riley and him, they are simply simpatico. And it's all about opportunity and stage. Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon, UCLA, five of the final six games. The stage, the opportunity will be there for Caleb Williams to go back-to-back years as the Heisman Trophy winner.
1: All right, speaking of quarterbacks, some news today. Hugh Freeze announcing at Auburn that Peyton Thorne, former Michigan State quarterback, has won the starting job at Auburn. Also, you got Graham Mertz, who's taken the starting job at Florida, formerly of Wisconsin. So which former Big Ten quarterback helps their current SEC team the most, Akil?
0: Are you kidding me? Peyton Thorne. <laughs> and and I do have vested interests here. But, no, seriously, though, I, I think with the combination of, of Hugh Freeze coming in and being able to evaluate quarterbacks like the way he's done in past years, Peyton is going to be a gem for Auburn. The reports that I've been hearing, he's picked up the offense tremendously in such short period of time. And by him being able to do that in comparison to other quarterbacks been there since the winter camp – you ha- they had to go with Peyton. Defenders stick together.
2: I'll say the same thing. I'm with Takiyo. I don't want him to grab my face mask and it turned into some kind of
1: scuffle <laughs> shit. Right. Avoided the pressure. Hit a few checkdowns today. We're all good. I'm clean, unfazed. We'll see it.